guys here tonight. For those who are visiting or just checking out Kingsway, we're glad you're here as well. For those listening online, um, wish you were here, but uh, glad that you're listening as well. Uh, and thanks to Wes for speaking last week. I finally had a chance to... Who was here last week? Okay, so he's not everything he said about me is true. Okay, just... <laughs> Just so you know, I, I, I was wondering this week when people came up to me and they're looking at my legs, I was like, I wasn't sure what was going on until I heard, and he was like, oh, he talked about my incredible brain and my short legs, but nobody came up to me and looked at my incredible brain. They just all want to see if my legs really are as short as he claims, but like I said, um, you can believe some of the stuff he said, but just not that part. Um, but but uh, uh, I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago. And there's times in my life where I, there's a guy, his name's Jamie Dickens. I've never heard of him before. I don't even know how I ended up on his podcast, but uh, I was listening, uh, listening to some of the stuff he was sharing. And sometimes there's like those opportune moments where you're like, oh man, I needed this. This was like so for me. And it was one of those, it was one of those moments. But I also thought, you know, really, it, it, it's something that I believe could be for many of uh, people in our church as well. I won't say all, because tonight really I don't think is for all. It reaches, it, it, uh, it'll speak to different categories of people, but maybe not, not all categories. Uh, but before we jump into that, we'll find out later if it was you or not you, but we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Um, anybody ever remember the first time you jumped in the deep end of a pool? You know, the deep end, it was like, that's the off-limits spot when you're a little kid. You just can't wait. Like, my kids, and now they finally, all four of them have entered the deep end of the pool, and they can jump off the rock at Paca and Beppa's, and they begged, like, when the first time we let them in, they're begging to be able to go back to the deep end, back to the deep end. And uh, I remember back in the day, too, like, the deep end, once you got to swim in the deep end, it was, like, way better than the shallow end. You know, it's like at, at like all, all the water parks, when you can go into the wave pool, you just don't want to go back to the kiddie pool. It's like, this is where, this is where all the action is at. I, I remember as a kid, we used to go to Bing Park down near Dunville, and Bing Park has like a shallow end all the way around the whole pool, and the middle's deep, and they have this big long ramp thing to the diving board at the top. And for years we camped there and I'd always look longingly at that ramp and that diving board and like someday I'm going to do it. Someday I'm going to jump in, off into the deep end. And then my parents finally, they knew I could swim. They're like, okay, go for it. And I remember walking up that thing and it was like, this man, as you look over the edge, it's like taller and taller and higher and higher. And I finally get to the end and I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I look over and I'm like, I'm not doing this. And I begin to walk back down the ramp of shame because all the other kids who are smaller than me are looking like, what, what happened? I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back, right? And, <laughs> and I never go back. Well, it took a couple years, a couple of times. And then I felt like, if you ever seen Mr. Bean jumping off the high diving board, like that was like, oh man, I was a little skinnier, but felt like very similar to that moment of, of trying to conquer this monster. And, but the moment that I did, Man, the, the rush of jumping off that 17-story diving board is what it felt like as a child. You know, this, like, amazing whoosh of air and boom into the water and, like, oh, that was awesome. I don't want to ever do anything else again. I just want to go back. And, and that, I would spend my days jumping off of that, that diving board, but never, never really wanting to go back to just, you know, playing with, you know, Tinker Toys in the, uh, in, they still, I don't think they still have those. Those are whatever. Anyways, but playing by, in the shallows. Didn't want to go back. Fishing. Fishing's another thing where the deeper water's better. It's my buddy Frank. You know, he probably never wants to fish in the creek again after this trip. You know, once you go to the deep water, and like, the, you can catch fish in shallow water, big fish in shallow water, but they don't live in the shallow water. They come up from the deep water, and we catch some of these, these um, monster fish, and nobody wants to go back to the shallows after they've been to the deep. 
And the third thing we don't like shallow things is our relationships. Nobody likes shallow relationships unless you watch The Bachelor, you know, or The Bachelorette. And we don't want that for our own lives, though. We don't, like, hope that our marriages after 16 years are just going to be like, eh, you know, so you, you like stuff. You know, we want them to be deeper and meaningful. And it's those deep, meaningful relationships that actually, that draw us. There's something about the deep end that's always pulling on us. Would you agree? In different areas of life, it's, it pulls on us. Drawn to go deeper. You know, we don't like going the opposite way. Like I said before, we don't like, you know, once you've gone off the, the diving board, you don't want to go back to the shallow end. My kids, too, this year, they're begging for a pool. So I bought them a pool. It's like 36 inches wide, and it's like the kiddie pool. And they're like, Dad, come on. You know, that's not what we meant. We don't want that. We've had better. Um, you know, in a relationship, when that, you know, all of a sudden, the, the person you're dating comes up to you and says, you know, I think we'd be better off just as friends. Like, you, like, no, I, we don't want to go backwards. We'd rather that, that our relationships, we'd rather things are, are, are that, that they would go deeper, that we leave the shallows behind and, and go for the deeper things. But my question tonight, and you probably see it coming, is what about spiritually? What about spiritually? Do you find yourselves growing deeper spiritually? Do I find myself growing deeper spiritually? Or sometimes do we just get stuck in the shallows? You're like, well, I'm not sure if I'm stuck in the shallows. By the end of tonight, you'll know. Try to answer this question tonight. Have I grown spiritually? If you ask yourself, have I grown spiritually? Some of you are like, well, yeah, if I compare it to the time when I first got, you know, um, put my faith in Jesus till now, it, I've definitely grown spiritually. And this is the question that got me. Have you grown spiritually lately? Have you grown spiritually lately? Or are we stuck sometimes in the shallows of where we we find ourselves spiritually. Throughout the Bible, there's an encouragement to go deeper in our faith, deeper in our um, spirituality. And, and there's actually a desire, I think, on the inside of every single one of us that we'd want our faith to be genuine, right? We don't want to, like, waste hours on valuable hours on Saturday nights sitting in this building if we didn't want something to be genuine. You know, there's a part of the brand, like maybe the brand new Jesus followers, like, they're just like, I just, I just gave my heart to the Lord. All I want is more of him. Like, why did we have to stop the music so soon? You know, like, I, how many Bible studies can I join on one night? It's like, I just want more, I just want more, I just want more. And then there's people who have been a Christian for a while and seem to just have a hit a plateau. And my hope tonight is that it would just stir up that desire just for more. And maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. You're like, your friends invited you to church. They maybe like, they paid you. I don't know, but they got you here. And you're like, you're, you're thinking, you know, I, I don't even know if there is a God, but... Maybe there's a drawing on the inside of you like, well, if, the, if it was genuine, if it was true, well, then, then yeah, I would kind of hope there was some meaning and purpose to life more, something deeper than just what I've experienced. And so we know there's an encouragement and there's a draw in us to go deeper, to leave the shallows. And there's a letter, it was written to a group of people, they call, they're called the Hebrews. So uh, it was written to the Jewish people um, after Jesus had died and risen from the dead. Uh, we don't know the author of this, this letter to the Hebrews. It's similar to things that Paul wrote, but it doesn't, Paul doesn't say, this is a letter I wrote. But we think it's similar because he actually said some of the same things to other groups of people. He said similar things to the Corinthians, but regardless of whether he wrote or not, there's some powerful thoughts for us tonight. So if you have your Bible, can you go to Hebrews chapter 5? If you have your phone, zip over there. How many of you have a Bible with you? That's a very, very important question. I see two hands, and they're from the same family. My family. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Grab that out, because it's important. 
Hebrews 5 verse 11. Here's what the writer is saying to them. He had just been explaining about um, how Jesus is, is like the, uh, Jesus is the high priest. And he's explaining to them how, how much it means to us uh, that Jesus came and did what he came to do. And then, and then and all of a sudden he gets this spot or she, I don't, it might, might be a she who wrote this, says, there's much more that we would like to say about this, about who Jesus is and, and what he means to, um, to those who are going to follow him as Jesus follows. He says, there's much more I'd like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you're spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. He's like, there's much more I'd like to explain, but I can't. I can't explain it, but I would like to. I, I just can't because there's something blocking me from being able to say, being able to explain more of who Christ is and what this life in Christ is like. And he, he says this, you're, you're spiritually dull, which kind of means slow and sluggish. Maybe tonight you feel slow and sluggish. It's been a long weekend already. But what if that was the thing of saying, you know, spiritually, do you ever wonder, man, I just feel like slow and sluggish. God, are you doing anything in my life? That's not really a glowing review. You know, if, if that was written to me, that was a letter, I would not let this letter be published and sent out to billions of people to read in um, uh, thousands of different languages. I would, I would get rid of this letter if, if that had been sent, something sent to me, but they didn't. They kept it. And it says uh, in verse 12, he says, You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others, but instead you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and can't eat solid food. If the first one wasn't an insult, this is definitely an insult. When they hear this, they're like, yeah, you've been believers for so long. You know, you've, you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, but you're sitting in the shallow end still. He's like, I fully expected that you would be off the diving board and in the, in, in the deep end, but, but you're not. And he, then he compares it to being like, like babies. He's like, you know, it's like a baby drinking, uh, drinking a bottle. When you think of babies drinking a bottle, what's your, like when you see this, what do you think? Oh, it's, I know, this baby's cute. Look at those eyes. And we see a baby drinking a bottle and we think, yeah, that makes sense. That is so cute. And I was wishing, does anybody have a baby bottle with you here tonight? Nobody brought one. Well, that's probably a good thing. But I was, my thought tonight was, what if I sat here and I just said, maybe I said like, hey, Chris, why don't you come sit on my knee right here? I got something for you, buddy. And I bring out a bottle of milk. I'm like, come here, Chris, you know you want this. It's awkward just picturing in our minds whether we actually, do I need to really do it? Nobody wants to see that. You're like, uh, I don't know if that's allowed. Chris is like, I should not have sat in the front. <laughs> but, but it's awkward, right? Are you sweating a little bit too? Yeah, because it, it's like, oh, he wouldn't do that, would he? And if he does, like, are we getting sued? Like, this is just not right. But... But think about this for a second. That's exactly what the writer to Hebrews is, the, the mental image he's putting in their mind. He wants them to realize this is like really awkward. This like, this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be. He wants them to think that way. He wants them to feel that way. Like, oh, this is, there's something not right about this picture. And it's not in the sense of saying, you know, God's angry or anything like that. He's just simply saying, this is, um, it's not a problem to be, you know, um, be, to be new to faith. It's not a problem to be drinking the milk of God's word, which would be like learning about God's love, learning about repentance, learning about putting your faith in Jesus, um, you know, baptism. 
But he says, but there's so much more than that. There's so much more than that, and, and you should be able to even teach that stuff. He says, it's not a problem if somebody's drinking a bottle. It just should be that the new believers, people who are new to that and excited about that, should be the ones. But we're not meant to stay there. See, there's this encouragement to say, listen, there's something more. Um, the drawing to go, to go a little bit deeper. But uh, the thought tonight is, what if there's something that we've been doing as a church or we've been, we've been actually kind of doing as a culture that actually hinders that growth, hinders that depth? There's no sermon that's going to fix this for you, not even this one. You know, there's no series of sermons that's going to fix that, even though this will be a series. There's no podcast that you could listen to over and over and over and be like, oh, it fixed it. Um, and there's no song that's going to be sung that's perfectly going to solve this problem of like, you know, I want to go deeper. But I don't, yeah, that's a, that song's really old, I just realized. I looked it up the other day. 1999, like, way back. <laughs> but that idea of wanting to go deeper, you, you know, Paul's saying, or the writer of Hebrews is saying to them, you should be, you actually should be teaching others by now. And my kids would say, wait, what? Wait, what? What do you mean? I thought that was your job, Paul. You're the one who's supposed to be teaching us. And maybe you're here tonight thinking, well, I think that's my pastor's job. He's the one who's supposed to be teaching us. That's why I come here. But I find that sometimes what happens in our culture so easily, and even to myself, is that we just, we turn into baby bird mode. We just like, we sit somewhere, we're like, just open our mouths and be like, somebody feed me. Just feed me something. I, as a kid, I used to just stick everything in there. Um, little stones, you know, big worms, uh, and, and they would try and chew it. But sometimes that's kind of the way, the way we uh, treat this whole idea of spirituality and faith is we go somewhere to hear someone speak or we listen to a podcast or hear someone's version of a song and we're like, I hope that speaks to me. And Paul's, or sorry, I got to stop saying Paul because I don't know that it's Paul for sure. The writer of Hebrew says, you're missing a valuable, vital truth. He's like, you are meant to go deeper so that you can teach others. You're meant to grow spiritually just like you grow physically. Just like you grow physically. He says you're meant to grow spiritually. Think about it. Jesus described what he wanted his church. When we say church, we mean the gathering of people, the gathering of Jesus followers. He described what he wanted it to look like. When he started this thing called the church, he said this, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he said this to Peter. He says, now I say to you, Peter, Peter had just simply said, Jesus, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God, we know that. And, and Jesus said to him, Peter, um, I, I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, it's a different word, but that's not the point tonight. He says, I'm going to build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Just leave that slide up there for a minute, um, please. He says, I'm going to build. When he says build, he, that word is actually translated to be grow. Uh, and it's actually translated to grow in wisdom, grace, love, virtue, holiness, and blessedness. He says, I'm going to grow my church. Not the amount of people, not the building, not the tradition. I'm going to grow people in love and wisdom and grace and virtue and holiness. They're going to, they're going to grow spiritually. And he says, who am I doing this to? The church, the gathering of believers, these people. And here's what he says. Not only are they going to grow, but they're going to give hell a fit. They are going to do stuff that's great. They're going to do things that, that have eternal value, eternal consequence. Um, the, the, it says the powers of hell, but it's really the gates of hell. 
The idea that this group of Jesus followers who's growing in wisdom and growing in love and growing in in virtue, they're actually going to go rescue people, lost people from the gates of hell. Hell wants them, but they're not going to end up there because of this group of people that's growing. They're on a rescue mission. He says to the fellas, fellas, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you on a rescue mission. Go make disciples and then baptize them in the name of Jesus and and teach them. Teach them everything I taught you so that they grow. So that they grow. So what type of warrior, when you hear that, do you think Jesus was describing? I have two pictures for you. Is it A? Do you think that's what he was describing? He's like, listen, they're going to go and they're going to storm the gates of hell and they're going to rescue people. They're on a rescue mission. They are trained warriors. Or is it this one? See, I think spiritually he's saying, this is what I had in mind. When I started this thing called the church, that people would grow in, their, in, in, in all of these areas, and that they would be drawn to the, deep, the deeper, so they might even teach others. Hebrews 5, verse 13, he, he carries on. He says this, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, through, um, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. We don't know the author of Hebrews by name, but God's the one who inspired it. So the author, we say, God's saying, Listen, I'm not angry, but I just don't want you to stay a baby. That's not why I called you into the kingdom. That's not why I called you into the family. And we would be amiss if we just let people do that at Kingsway. He's saying, I didn't call you to that. I actually, I called you to grow deeper. Why? Because it's, the, it's in the deep is where it's at. Yeah, the shallows is fun for a while, but it's not where it's at. He says, I want you to be mature. I want you to grow deeper in your faith. And he says, this is how. It's through training. It's through, simply through a habit, a power acquired by practicing. He's like, I want, he's like, how do we grow? He says, practice this thing. He says, it's, it becomes a habit. It becomes a, a thing where you, are, where you are growing as a result. And one of the things we're going to talk about, three different things over the next three weeks that are those habits, that are those things that cause you to grow. And part of the reason, part of the reason why many people don't grow deeper is because it's just easier to let other people feed us. It's just easier. It's so much easier to let someone else study the Bible and say, okay, here's what it means. It's just kids. It's, it's all good. It's like the best point. You're going to miss it because you're watching two little... They're such cute kids. Take a good look. Right on. Part of the reason we don't grow deeper is because it's easier for us to let someone else do it for us. It's easier to let someone else study the word for us. There's no shortage of good sermons out there. I listen to tons of them. There's no shortage of good podcasts. There's no shortage of good songs to sing out there. But none of those will actually cause you to grow deeper in your faith of their own. It's almost like we got stuck with a secondhand faith where we're like, you know, what they study in the word and they share with me, I'll take that. That's, that's the word, you know, it's whatever they say. And, and that could be you tonight. It's often me. I'm not actually saying this tonight for you as much as I, it really is for me. And I hope that, that I'm not the only one because that would be a bad thing. But remember in grade school when you had a crush on somebody? It was like you never actually talked to them. You were like with your buddies. And you're like, uh, I think she's cute. And they're like, okay, they run over. Hey, uh, he, thinks, he thinks you're cute. He's like, okay, well, tell him I think he's pretty cool too. She thinks you're cool, bro. She thinks you're cool. Oh, cool. Tell her um, I'm going to be uh, on, the, uh, on the playground at noon. Okay. 
he's going to be on the playground at noon. Okay, good. I'm going to be on the jungle gym. Okay, I'll tell him. He goes back, hey, he's, she's going to be on the jungle gym at noon. And then you go out into the thing, you like, you stand off on the side, and you look at the jungle gym, and she like sort of waves, and you don't, you look, and you like, and then all it is, is the conversation's always going, be, nobody else did this? Okay, well, we'll get a new illustration for tomorrow morning. But, but sometimes that's, okay, if that never happened to you, that's, man, sweaty here tonight. Okay, but if that, if that never happened to you, just picture that happening with us spiritually, with the way we, we deal with God. It's like, we'll just let someone else talk to God for us and then tell us. And then we're like, okay, you know, uh, I could pray, but I'll just call someone and tell them to pray for me. Or, you know, what? I'll, I'll look up something uh, online to find out if I can actually grow. But it's like they never get to just simply talk with one another. You know, we can hear great messages, and you might too, but the stats tell us ah, that my job is not that effective. Do you realize that after you leave tonight, you will remember maybe 3% of what we shared 30 minutes after it's over? And with my luck, it's going to be the last story. <laughs> that's the problem, right? We, we don't actually remember. We don't remember things that we've heard. Uh, and, and I'll have people like, they'll come up like, oh, that message was so good. I had people uh, FaceTime me this week while I was on the fishing trip. So, oh, West did so good. I'm like, really, what was it about? Oh. And they start, their brain starts going. And he did a good job because they remembered. But I hear that so often. Oh, it was so good. I'm like, okay, what was it about? I don't know, but it was so good. Well, that so good isn't actually doing anything for you spiritually. And the thing is, we trick ourselves into thinking that, oh, that was so good I didn't learn anything. Oh, that was so good I didn't learn anything. Oh, that was so good I didn't learn anything. And you're getting older. You're getting older, but you're not actually growing. You're 10 years older, but we're not 10 years deeper. We're not growing deeper spiritually. We're not leaving the shallow. And we, we, we think we are because it was good. Do you know what you do remember? You remember the things you experienced and you remember the things you learned for yourself. You really do. I remember as a kid, I heard, you know, God loves you. My parents told me all the while I was growing up. I sang a song, maybe you've heard it. Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the Bible tells me so. Yes. <laughs> but do you know what? As a teenager, I did not believe that. I didn't think God loved me. I thought I was a mistake. I thought I was ugly because that's what other kids told me. I thought I was, you know, uh, I'm going to grow up to be a burden on society because that's what other people told me. I didn't think I had any value at all. Well, how's that possible? You heard it. You sang it. But I didn't know it. I didn't know it. But then there was a day. There was a day where I realized that I was not a mistake, that God loved me so much. He didn't just love the whole world. He loved me. He knew my name. He called my name, and I ran out of that grave. The song wasn't written yet, but that was my story. I ran out of the darkness of all that other stuff into something amazing. I am loved before I even wake up in the morning. I don't have to do anything to make him love me more. I just know that I know that I'm loved. And it was weird because it happened in a greenhouse while I was picking tomatoes. And all of a sudden, I'm like bawling my eyes out picking tomatoes. And, and I fell on my knees in the middle of the stinky tomatoes. I was like, oh, God, I, I just want to live for you. Because it became real in that moment. 
And I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget the moment I first had to preach. I was sharing that with somebody this week. The first time I was supposed to preach, they, they called me to preach at the youth group. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. And they said, we think you can. I'm like, okay, then. I'm like, I'm terrified. What should I preach on? Freedom from fear. That's good. Let's, let's preach on freedom from fear because I'm scared. And so then I went and I stood in front of my youth group. All the kids my age, all the ones I wanted to think I was cool, and I began to start. I didn't get, like, two words out, and all of a sudden, there it is, that first tear. I'm like, oh, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. And then the other eye just joined in, make the other one feel better. And so then bawling my eyes out, and then, heaven forbid, my nose begins to leak, and snot is pouring down the bubbles as I'm speaking, and it's like, you don't have to be afraid, you know, because Jesus said you don't have to be afraid. And, and, and it was worse than that. But you know what? God threw that. I remember studying his word. It didn't take that night, but I kept going. I kept studying his word about living free from fear because I wanted to be, I wanted to be deeper. And he set me free from fear. And he had a plan in that. And part of it was this. But I just give him glory for what he's done in my life. And I remember that day. I remember that day. Do you know though? When I think I thought about that this couple, last couple of weeks, I'm like, man, those are old stories. What's my most recent story of where I've grown like that? And unfortunately, I feel like it was a long time ago. Too long. Where's those moments where like, man, I just had to trust God. If it didn't happen, if he didn't come through, it was going to go terrible. But man, I saw God move. Grew deeper. I grew spiritually. How often do we say, man, that's, it's, been a, it's been a while. You know, as Jesus followers, sometimes we hit those plateaus. There's more mountain to climb, but we're comfortable. Man, let's not get comfortable. So today, I simply want to challenge me, and maybe you if you're willing, with this thought. If you're feeling that draw to go deeper, and that's why I said this isn't for everyone, because maybe you're here and you're just like, no, I'm happy with my spirituality the way it is. I would caution those of you who feel that way with this thought, that the shallows, (laughs) the shallows is going to let you down at some point. And we watch people walk away from faith and walk away from Christ. Oftentimes, we found them sitting too long in the shallows. It's not going to excite you. You know, the song's like, oh, it's great, but it's not going to do it for you. You can listen to a whole bunch of podcasts, but it's it's not going to be the thing that carries you. It's not going to be the thing that excites you because that's in the deep. But for those of you like, you know what, I'm just kind of okay where I'm at. My prayer for you is that tonight would just inspire maybe a little bit of a draw to go deeper. But for those of you here tonight and you're listening and you feel like me, you're like, you know what, no, that draw to go deeper is there. I, 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 don't, I don't want to have to say it's been a while. I want to say, you know, this is what happened. This is what happened last week. This is where I've grown last week. I want to encourage you to take a step in that direction, to leave the bottle and reach for a fork to leave the baby bottle and reach for a fork. There comes a time in every healthy child's life where they leave the bottle behind and they grab a fork and what do they do? They begin to feed themselves. I love how Wes last week just shared about memorizing God's word. I think that's like level two. I think level one is like reading it. I am amazed. I did this um, pre-marriage counseling, and I'm almost done. I did this pre-marriage counseling class where I have people come beforehand, and, and there's questions they have to answer. And I read through the questions, and there's one that says, am I a Christian? So many times, because they come from Kingsway, they're like, yes, I'm a Christian. The very next question is, do you read the Bible? No. 
I, it's hilariously disappointing. I would have to say like 95% of the people, that is the answer. Yes, I'm a Christian. No, I don't read the Bible. What does that tell us? You're simply letting someone else feed you and you have no idea what you're getting fed. That's, that's not us. That's not going to be us. It won't be. There's so many in our church I've seen. They jumped in and said, I'm studying precept. I'm going to go learn the truth for myself. Props to you. I don't know. I think maybe we're at whatever, 40, 50, 60%. I just want to be at 100%. And then just continue on in that. So here's, here's the challenge. Here's the thought. If this resonates with you and you want to join me, great. If you're like, you know what? This is one of those sermons I plan to forget. There'll be another one next week. <laughs> so... So here's, here's the challenge. Would you, if it's you, you're like, you know what, I do want to go deeper. My, my encouragement and challenge is you to spend the next 21 days using the fork. 21 days saying, you know what, I'm just going to read the Bible. I'm going to read God's word for myself. I'm like, where do I even start? 21 days, I think, is what it takes to start a habit. But we're going to do 21 days, or I'm going to do 21 days just reading 21 chapters of John. And if you'd like to join me, I would just text me. You can do it right now. Just text me, John, and I'll, I'll know. And all I'll do is every morning I'll text you a, the chapter, and I'll text you these, these, these letters. Um, for some, you're like, you know what? It's just I'm just really busy right now in my life. Anybody there? Nobody else is really busy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like easy to get really, really busy. Thank you for that text. That was awesome. Just got it. My leg vibrated. So, so easy to be busy. It's so easy to be busy and to leave kind of your spirituality up to someone else. But he said, no, listen, I've put it in your hands to move deeper, move uh, in his direction. And so this is, this is my encouragement. I didn't make this up. It's just seemed like a really good idea. So we're just going to read through John, John uh, 1 through 21 using this acronym called SOAP. SOAP. What are we going to do every morning? Or at least sometime during the day is take chapter 1, and we'll start tomorrow with uh, S meaning scripture. You're just going to read it. You're just going to read chapter 1 tomorrow. And the second one is, oh, we're going to observe and say, God, what am I actually learning from this? I'm not just going to read it so I can just like, I did it. What am I actually learning? God, what are, what are you trying to tell me through this? Maybe, you know, it's the one day you're like, ah, I, don't, I don't sense something, but there will be days where you do. But you won't if you're not in that observe mode. Third thing is apply. Okay, God, what do I do with what I just learned? Because we're so good at just learning, 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 and not doing anything with it. We'll talk more about that next week. And the last one is just pray. Simply just inviting God in that moment. God, I want to grow deeper with you. Will you help me? God, I believe you put the desire in my life. Will you, will you help me take these steps towards you? So tonight I just want to say thanks to Jamie. If you are happen to listen to this and found our podcast the same way I found yours, thank you. And to the rest of us tonight, you're going to grow older this year. I know you don't like to think that, but you will be a year older next September. Next September 1st, you'll be a year older, but will you have grown spiritually as well? That's the challenge tonight. The deep end's calling you. Will you jump in? Will you jump in? And for many of you, you have other ways where you're studying, you're feeding yourself. Good on you. Don't ever stop. Don't ever give that up. Continue to feed yourself because the deep end's calling. And you know why it's calling? Because really, 
Haldeman County should be filled with people who know the gospel, the good news of Jesus so well because they learned it for themselves and they're willing to share it wherever they find opportunity because there's hurting people everywhere looking for hope. And you got it. You got it. But a lot of times we just don't know how to share it. And so our hope, our hope is that we're going to read through John and at the end of John, you'll see this. He's like, I wrote this down so that you might believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that he's the Messiah, the Savior, he's the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you'll have life in his name. Would you sow into your life this, this week with us? Would you find a way to do it some other way if it's not with us? The deep end's calling. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, huh, I think, directing me to that podcast, and thank you for uh, not just letting me leave it sitting there. Thank you for the challenge to, to grow in you. Thank you for the depths of your love, the depths of your wisdom, the depths of your word. Just the amazing, amazing things in living life with you. Just one-to-one. Thanks we don't have to go through someone else to talk to you. Heavenly Father, I just pray for each person here tonight. For those who don't know you yet. Lord, I pray that tonight may have been something that just stirs their heart to seek after you. For those of us who've decided we're following you. Would you draw us, Lord, and just stir up that part in us to just go deeper with you? Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Never giving up. Never giving up. It's in your beautiful name I pray. Amen.